So the Taliban, uh, they've seized power in Afghanistan uh, two weeks before the U.S. was set to complete its troop withdrawal after a costly two-decade war. The insurgents uh, stormed across the country, capturing all major cities, I mean, in a, in a matter of days. We now speak mm. to Ibrahim Dean, a researcher at the Afro-Middle East uh, Center. Good afternoon to you, Ibrahim. Thank you so much for joining us. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Uh, yeah, you know, all, I think the past few days, everybody has been saying Taliban, 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 Taliban. And I'm sure there are other people who are wondering, what is this Taliban all about? So, firstly, who are the Taliban and how were they able to take control of, Aganis, of Afghanistan so swiftly? Okay, so the Taliban are the group. Um, it's it's not a, a single singular group. It's a monolith mm. of different groupings that have joined. Mm. So what happened is when we look at Afghanistan's history, you know, it was very independent, and the Soviets went in the 1970s and were pushed out uh, by the Mujahideen fighters that were supported by the Americans. Yes. Um, and the Taliban emerged from this. That after the Soviets were pushed out, many of the Mujahideen fighters, some of them were warlords. Uh, and the Taliban then emerged as a group of small, you know, younger activist students. Um, they then took over the country, fought for Kabul, came control of Kabul in 1996, um, and then ruled very, you know, very draconian measures. I mean, there's no, there's no, ex, ex, you know, ex, escaping that. Until 2001, when uh, you know Osama bin Laden was housed in Afghanistan, and uh, you know uh, it argued that he planned the September 11 attacks from Afghanistan, uh, the Taliban refused to give him up. Uh, the Americans then went in, uh, supported a group of the same warlords, and you know then got them to take all the control. And the Taliban has been since been fighting American forces for the past 20 years. Mm. Uh, and you know, the, I mean, and, uh, you know, uh, the Americans have not. I mean, we can talk about this a bit deeper, but you know, hasn't been doing enough for government. The government was corrupt, and basically, what happened was, you know, the moment the Americans announced the withdrawal, we started seeing the Taliban gain territory. And even now, before the withdrawal is finished, the Taliban have taken over mainly because, you know, at the end of the month, you stop the ending of what they call the spring offensive. It becomes very cold and much more difficult to maneuver, and that's why the rush capture as quick as they could. Very interesting. So, I mean, um, the, 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 the takeover was so swift that one thing that the Taliban never really left Afghanistan. It means that they were living amongst um, uh, the citizens, you know. They were part of uh, the community in that part of the world. You, you hit the nail on the head. That's why part of the reason for its shortness was that, that mm. the Taliban were everywhere because they're local. Yeah, yeah. And even at, at the weakest, you know, mm. I mean, okay, between 2000, 2000, 2001, 2004, they were very weak, and I mean, we could have negotiated with them and sort of that deal. But from 2004, they've always held about 30% of territory in the more rural areas mm. and had sleep hotels in the urban areas. And also, you know, the Afghan army is not, you know, wasn't very well trained. About a third of them were addicted to opium. A third, of, you know, half of them were sympathetic to the Taliban. They were inflated numbers, and there was much many desertions. And that's why even the Taliban was surprised at the speed of the takeover. You know, the leader, Mullah Abdul Ghanibarado, issued a statement saying, we surprised, we'll take over, but, you know, basically alluding to the speed of the takeover even surprised the Taliban. Um. Ibrahim, we, we saw scenes of desperate Afghans 
trying to flee the country by clinging to aeroplanes. I mean, some disturbing footage that we saw, uh, apparently people falling from a plane. Why are people, you know, people are, why are people so desperate to leave the country? So there's two things. One is um, the Taliban, uh, you know, between 1996 and 2001, when they ruled, did rule with many draconian measures. Yes. You know, women's rights were suppressed. There wasn't women's education. But, you know, again, in saying so, the, the nature of Afghan society is so conservative that even when the new government came in, there really, in many areas, was still no women's education. So, um, you know, uh, uh, so, but many have feared, you know, have feared, uh, you know, that there will be a return to this rule, this very draconian rule. I mean, there is some evidence showing that there is, but there is also other evidence showing that the Taliban have learned. You know, remember that time they were, you know, 25 and 30 years old, they've learned. Uh, many of them in jail for tens of years. Um, and the second reason is, you know, to support the U.S. Uh, intervention and the NATO intervention. You know, they were uh, interpreters, security guards, uh, um, police officials, government officials, you know, who, uh, you know, would want to go out because for fear of reprisals. I mean, yes, the Taliban have said that they won't, but, mm. I mean, it's very unlikely. One, is unlikely that the Taliban will, you know, fully implement this, and two, is it's unlikely that the Taliban can fully implement this because they're not, again, not a monolithic group, so there will be some, some groupings in different areas you know, there is no real hierarchical, enforceable structure right now because they've just emerged and, and the takeover is so quick that they really, uh, you know, it will take a while for uh, a structure to actually form. Um, what I thought was very interesting was that a spokesperson for the Taliban came out to say, you know, they're um, uh, a different Taliban because we know that in the past they they wouldn't let women work, they wouldn't let uh, children go to school, but they said... Um, they let, you know, girls go to school. I mean, how do you expect the Taliban government to govern? So I think, okay, one is, I think they have changed. But I think it's a change that we have to decide. And the, the ability of them to enforce these laws is another story. Because, you know, yes, it will be more conservative mm. because, you know, one, the society is more conservative, but also that the group themselves are conservative. Mm. So, you know, in terms of education, there will be segregated education, not necessarily combined education, although, I mean, education itself in Afghanistan is going to be segregated. But, you know, in saying so, we do see some reports where women have been stopped from working. Yes. That we have seen. Uh, now, the question is whether it's the Taliban leadership that is saying this or whether it's the, the people on the ground doing this. And that, this is what, you know, we have to wait to see. But we're going to be able to see whether they can enforce these the structures, whether it's uh, you know, the ideology from you know, whether there'll be fragmentation within the Taliban with the more conservative and the more moderate elements. Um, so they're saying the right things, and in some areas they're doing the right things. In some places they're not so, uh, you know, they, they're not. But then again, I mean, the speed even surprised all of us who are Afghan watchers. Uh, and I think, you know, and it's going to take a while for the Taliban to consolidate control. I mean, even in the South, there's many warlords, for example, that don't the Taliban has. And now claiming to be Taliban. Do we know where the president is? <laughs> Do we have an idea? I mean, where is the president? He seems to be have camped out in uh, Uzbekistan, Uzbekistan, ah. one of those, one yeah. of those neighboring countries. But you know, in saying so, the the president is um, I think he's an anthropologist, a lecturer of anthropologists, I think from the University of Colorado, California, one of those. So he previously had U.S. citizenship. He revoked it to become the president. 
uh, in 2009, that it's very likely that he's an academic and so he would be able to get asylum and probably a job and live a, a reasonably decent life uh, outside of Afghanistan. Now, I mean, the, the Taliban wanted him to be there for uh, a you know, um, transition of power, but um, I mean, I guess he figured that it would be much, you know, it, it would be unsafe for him to have stayed in for so long and, and thus he just uh, fled. Yeah, I mean, it's fair to say that, you know, right now, no one trusts the Taliban, you know, even with the promises that they are making. So he was not going to take a chance and uh, and, and, yes. and stay behind. Yes, I mean, everyone has been treating the Taliban with, uh, with caution, uh, mm. you know, since, um, since, they, since, they, since they, they re-emergence themselves. Um, and I think justifiably so. Uh, although, you know, in saying so, the Taliban has vowed to secure embassies um, and, uh, you know, the, the, um, not allow the borders to be used for outside detection. So far, we have seen the Taliban try to act to do that. Now, again, you know, you know who is the real Taliban and whether or not they can be this impossible laws, uh, that we need to look at. Excellent, Ibrahim. Thank you so much for your insights. Thank you so much for having me. Excellent. The researcher at the Afco Middle East uh, Center, that's Ibrahim Dean there, talking about, yeah, um, the Taliban taking over uh, Afghanistan. It's eight minutes to four. This be Radio 2000, our music, your memories. <laughs>